We're in our family series, and this is one of the most exciting times in our ministry. Would you agree? Hallelujah. We like talking about these things because it's probably one of the biggest uh, challenges we have in the church around family and relationships. So we're so excited about this subject, family functions. And uh, today we're going to, I was talking to my pastor and, and I said, Pastor Martin, I said, I, I feel like we need to go back in order to go forward. So we can, we can be walking so long and then we just forget all that good stuff that we have in our lives. So we want to go back to basics. And so in doing that, I want to say, and I want to set the record clear for all of us Westerners. God has the exclusive right and the only patent on defining family. That should clear up all of your questions right there. Who has the exclusive right? For he said in the beginning, the powerful three, he said, let us create man. How? In our image. So I want us to make sure that as we talk this morning and have our discussion, that we're all on the same page, and not only the same page, but on the same line. God is the author of family. And I don't care how many uh, years you have been born and raised in the great old United States, you cannot legislate anything outside of what God has said. Let the church agree. All right. Listen to me. Uh, throughout our lives, we all face a long list of questions and relationship questions and troubles in our soul that require real answers based on what? Real truth. Now, that's saying something right there. When you're in trouble, who are you listening to? You want to ask, you ask questions, how do I forgive someone who has hurt me badly? Can I mend this broken relationship? When my world seems to be falling apart around me and my family is not there, who can I trust and whom dare I confide in? How do I know whether a person is in the right place to hear? You ask questions like, will this marriage really survive? How do I nourish my child's heart in this chaotic world that we're living in? What do I do with my fears about expressing my love for someone that does not want to receive it? The good news is that God's word, we can find the answers that we are so turmoil about in every area of our lives. The word of God is available to us. And we are not left to figure it out on our own. God is here to help us. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. That's why you need to do more than pray and sing and just come to church. You need to have a real download of the Holy Ghost to, to be a teacher, be a comforter, be a friend, be a, everything that you need when you need it. Amen? Because when you call his name, he will come through. Okay, we're going to move on. I want you to imagine one other thing. You see a house? You see a beautiful house? You see that house that you really want? You even can see the house that you live in. Can you imagine a home builder saying to you, hey, I think we can save you a ton, a whole lot of money if you let us build your house without a foundation. Matter of fact, ma'am, sir, we can get started right now. And the sooner we start on it without this foundation, the more money 
we're going to save you. Mm-hmm. Can I get anybody to sign right here? So that's what we're going to talk about. That's what we talk about all the time in our houses. A good Christian family is not perfect, and that's not what we're up here to try to convince you of. But it's one that seeks to follow biblical principles in every area of your life. Are you leaving him out? Are you picking and choosing? So for sure, we don't want a house without a foundation. Sad to say, there may be some. So we need to talk about foundational things by getting to this subject, back to basics. So sit up, boys and girls. Square your shoulders. Open your ears and your heart and receive this information. Will you do that for me? All right. Okay. So, Pastor, you're going to start with our scripture. Okay, good. Uh, Proverbs 24 and 3. Uh, um, and just so everyone knows right up front, the, the people you're listening to, our marriage is just as, our family and our marriage is just as dysfunctional as yours. There are no perfect ones out there. So whatever state your family is in, whatever it looks like, uh, you just have to own where you are and work through whatever you got to work through. All of us. Uh, number two, never be embarrassed about what your family's going through. Um, and people can look, people can look at you, and they can compare their family to yours. And they're only doing that because they don't feel good about their family, right? So you don't ever let anybody put you and your family down. Never ever. Number three, never be embarrassed about where your family is. Don't just don't. Don't let anybody make you feel bad about what you're going through or what you've gone through, right? And uh, I just want to make sure that everyone knows that there is absolutely no judgment, none. Are we clear? Okay. Y'all see what I'm working with? See? And uh, I can't, I can't sit that close to you when I'm up here. I'm trying to go to work, girl. You trying to? No, we ain't. No, uh, uh. Come close, man, because that's weird. It's okay. So, uh, see, I can't get that close while we up here. <laughs> Proverbs twenty-four. <laughs> Proverbs twenty-four and three. Listen to what it says. It takes three things. It takes wisdom to build a house. It takes wisdom to build a house. Secondly, it takes what? Understanding to set it on a firm foundation, as as Pastor Neville was saying. So it takes wisdom to build it, but it takes understanding to put it on a firm foundation. And what's, what's next? It takes knowledge to furnish its rooms with furniture and beautiful draperies. So in other words... We, we have to, as we're building our families, we have to be steeped in wisdom. We have to be steeped in knowledge. And we have to be steeped in understanding. That's really our job if we're going to build a family. Now, uh, as we're putting this together, one of the first things we need to do is we need to understand the origins or the original idea that was in God's head, Genesis 1 and 2, that original idea of how he saw family, right? 
and you're going to cover that, right? You're absolutely right. So I, I keep going back to this. Being in America, sometimes we think we patent everything and we create everything. We have a heavenly father that sits high. And from the beginning that we read about in Genesis, it was his idea, not our United States government, our legislative, our, our House of Representatives. They, they didn't come up with family. From the beginning, things started with family, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's how bent God was on family. So the origin of it, of the origin of a thing, remember now we just made that little statement about do you want a house without a foundation, right? So we know that we built our foundation for family on what? The Word of God. So the origin of a thing is God's original blueprint and institution for, human race, for the human race. If you don't hear us say anything else, you need to get this point sealed in your mind. Grandma didn't start your family. God ordained it to be. It was his ultimate desire. Am I, am I speaking right? Absolutely. It was his desire that he was going to have family. And God has been doing everything that he could do from the beginning up until today that he would be with us as our heavenly father, when we refer to ourselves as the children of God, the daughters and sons of God, that, that inquires a family. Those terms are, are, are used within the context of family. So uh, 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 the origin is, a, we look at it. Will you talk about that, how you found the home? How yeah, the, the word, the, in Greek and Hebrew, when you read the word family, it literally means it literally means a special place of belonging. So a, a family is a special place of belonging. So if, if I am comfortable in my family and I know I belong there and I have a place there, I have a calling there, I have responsibilities there, then I don't have to belong anywhere else. When I leave my home and I know I belong there, it's the place I'm fulfilled and loved and I don't need anything from anybody outside that door. But if I'm depleted in the only place I'm supposed to belong, then I will leave my house looking for whatever I'm missing at home. Among people I can never know. The only people I really know are the ones that are inside my family, inside my house. And that's why it's so important don't to, not to think so lightly of your dwelling place, your address, where you turn into. That's a choice. As you drive up and down these long streets in Omaha and Bellevue and all over the place, Blair, Elkhorn, Gretna, you are making a decision to turn into what you consider home. 
but some of the most confusing hours of the day for a lot of people, not just unbelievers, but believers, is when they clock out from work knowing they got to head towards home. And inside of themselves, because they have not made their home their abode of peace, they struggle in their commute. I know I should go home, but something down inside of me is making me think, I don't want to go home. Hmm. But we all can have a place called home that is full of joy and peace and love and affection, women, and just respect. We have to create those places. You can customize your home. That's the origin of family. It yeah. came from God. And re regardless of what your house looks like. Oh, that's good. Or how pretty it is or how expensive it is. How many bedrooms and bathrooms. It's really about the home uh -huh. that you're building inside the house. Come on, say that. <laughs> because... You know, and you know, our family, we are truly weird because we keep trying to learn one another. And the more we know about one another, the more we struggle. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, that's what your problem is. No, but um, my problem is, and the whole family knows, my problem is, are we, to, are together. we together? Are we together? Yes. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what it yeah. looks like, who did something. Yeah. Are we together? We're going to stick together. That's what's getting ready to happen, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, but if you can build a home where people want to come because they can find themselves there, yes. right? In my head, I can describe at least 10 homes in this church. I can describe them. There's a home in our church that's going to be 62 degrees in that house every day, all the time. All you don't want to go there and spend the night. And please don't put your guests at their house. No, you can't put guests at their house because it's going to be cold there. And they're going to be five, they're going to be five gallons of, of milk in the refrigerator if there ain't nothing else in there. I know that home. I know that home, right? There's another home. There's just food on the table all the time. All food the on the time. table with foil over it or that's what that home looks like. And it always smells like food. There's another home in our church that's a minimalist home. They ain't nothing much on the walls. There, it's just, you know, but, but, but I don't walk in their home. Trying to make it your home. No, it's not my home. Uh -huh. yes. They're building their family in that home. So I can't walk in and say, man, it's cold in here. Turn up the heat. <laughs> No, be, before I go, you put on some layers. I put on some layers and when some I go. boots. Yes, right. Because why? We want to be with them in their home. In their home. So there are no two homes alike. Pick up all these toys. There are toys over Everywhere. here. There are toys in the box. There are toys in this every room. And now I'm going to come to your house and say, "Why are there toys in every room?" Well, because in our home, our kids are very important to us. And we want them to find stuff to play with in all their room. Pastor, is it time for you to leave our home? <laughs> it's none of my business. Right. 
So people customize their homes. Absolutely. But you know, you were saying how, you know, there are lots and lots of millions of houses all over America. But you know what I want to tell you? Wherever you are, it is home. Absolutely. You understand? We can be in a, a mobile home. We can be in a, a, a parking lot. I don't care where it is. In a hotel room. That's home because we are together. Yep. And I think that's one of our core values is when we're together, it is home. Amen? And, and you know, uh, I, I, I hear uh, our children as they, our young people as they grew older, they uh, would say things like, you know, I, I just couldn't wait to get home. I couldn't wait to get in my bed. What are you saying about what you can't wait to do in light, in light of your family. So uh, let's move on. Let me just say this. Family, now listen to this. Now I'm going to say something. I'm going to see if you're going to get it. This is something Dr. Miles Monroe taught us. Family is the foundational unit of reproduction. That right there would take care of our Congress. And I know we don't want to talk about that in the church, but God's motto is based on marriage. Family starts with God's original idea. Now, we're so far on, off the beaten path, I just want to remind us that it really started with God's idea that a man and a woman would be married. And out of that union would become the extension of a family. Because the husband and wife, when they're joined together in God's way, they're our family. As well, as a matter of fact, the way God put it together is like we try to put laws around everything. Right. And we're, we're not doing with law here. But God knew that if he put a man and a woman in a room, it won't be long <laughs> until something going to be crying in that room. Something is going to happen. Family to him was just a natural Occurrence, just a, a, a natural way to replenish the earth. So, yeah. So, so I make these statements, then I will go on to point two. Okay. Society is a reflection of the conditions, condition of the family. Society is only as strong as your family. Society is a reflection of the condition of what? Family. So everything that's going on across this green earth, all across the universe, mm. you probably can, can pinpoint it back to the breakdown and the abuse of family. That's a strong statement, but it's true. That's how important family is to the plan of God. We're going to say some other things a little later that's going to even help you even explore that deeper. So you, you have your list, and we, we, we did some fussing and discussing about what our short list would be. <laughs> uh, so, we, and I'm going to give you all these, then we'll talk about them. Okay. So in, uh, every family needs vision. Every family needs governance. Every family needs its own economy. Every family needs coping skills, and every family needs resolve. You may have your own list that does not include these, so kick these out if they don't match your family because you know what your family needs, or somebody in your family needs to know 
what this family needs. Someone has to have that responsibility. So, so the first thing here is you need an understanding. You already got that one. Now let's talk about vision. Every family needs a vision. Every family needs a vision. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 17, uh, I, I read the whole scripture because it all goes together in context. It says, now, correct your son. Correct your son and he will give you rest. You can't have peace if you don't have a place to correct your children. They'll drive you crazy. And then you'll drive them out. <laughs> right? Correct your son and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give delight to your soul. Why? Because where there is no revelation or vision, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. In other words, every family needs a prophetic revelation of who it is. Who are we? What does our name mean? Why are we here? Not why is the United States here. Not why is AWC here. Not why is Martin here or Linnell or Josh or Callie. Not why is Vanessa part of our family, but why do the Williams exist? And you have to talk about that every day. Why is your family here? What's the vision for your family? What does the future look like? If you don't tell your children what the future looks like, they will settle for what their friends are doing. The only way to restrain your children is not to beat them over the head with a switch or put them in timeout. It does not work. But if you tell them what the future is, if you tell them where you're going, we'll get to economy later. But if you, tell, if, you, if you tell your son, I know you're at that school. I know what kind of clothes they're wearing. I know what kind of shoes they have on their feet. But just remember where we're going financially. And because of that vision, your son can say, yeah, my family's working on something. I did get these shoes at Walmart but I saved the $70 I would have spent on the ones you got. We working on something. Otherwise, your family won't be restrained. I know we're in this little house. I know we keep our word. I know I taught you how to honor the teacher, even when you don't feel like they're honoring you. I'm doing that because life is reciprocal. So everyone needs a vision. What's yours? Well, I'm single, not married. Well, that could be the reason you're still single. Hold on. Y'all did a lot of singing, so now listen. People of vision can tell if you have one. Because people of vision know that love will never be enough. Okay, so is it getting, it's y'all getting restless? We okay? People of vision, pe people who have a vision, a 12-year-old boy that has a vision, he manages his zipper until he finds a woman. So 
What's the vision for your family? If you're unmarried, what's your personal vision? What does the future look like for you? Where are you going? What are the words? I won't sing the song I made our kids sing, but I made them sing it till they start to get embarrassed. Because the song we wrote was for our family and our vision. V-E-S-T. It's, it's just, it, it described us and where we were headed. I'm going to teach it to y'all's children. I'm telling you right now, Callie and Josh, your kids going to know that song. <laughs> so vision is very important. So embracing who you are and what you do. The last thing I want to put under that vision one is that unity around that vision is a must. People, self-independence is death. I'm an independent woman. I'm an independent man. I am independent. Independence in a family is death. The family only works if it's interdependent. I have to depend on her. She has to depend on me. I have to depend on my children. They have to feel like they can depend on me. They need to know that I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because if, if I no longer depend on her from what I need from her, if I need it, I'm going to find it somewhere else. So I have to tell her, sweetheart, this is really what I need. And listen, listen, ladies, if you get ready to get married or you're married to a man, he is not complex. I don't care how much deep he's tr- trying to make you feel like he's deep. He ain't deep. He is simple and as thick as a sheet of paper. That's it. He only needs maybe two to three things in his life. You need 1,500. He needs three. I know the women are like, "Uh uh-uh, pastor, my husband, he is not. He wants to come across complicated because he thinks that's what you need. He is simple, not simple. He is simple. You know, most of our vision, we, we, we don't want to make this uh, <laughs> deep for the vision, but how do our... T- our children, our young people, get their pattern for what they believe the vision is. They're watching you. And, you know, we, we use this uh, slogan, uh, do what I tell you, not what you see. Mm. Well, they do what they see, not what they hear, because that pattern is very, very heavy. So if you really want to get the vision uh, moving in the right direction, moms and dads and guardians and aunts and uncles and, and everybody, we've got to walk what we want to be talked about. We really do because I'm And telling, repent when we screw it up. He is yeah. quick to get to that point. But the point is, let's become the model first. 
And we do have to have that in place. Yeah. Uh, that when we, we, we're going down wrong paths, you know, make sure that you come back to the family and say, hey, we screwed up here. Yep. And these are the repercussions and the consequences of this. We have to look at the whole matter here, right? Okay? So uh, make sure of that, parents, just that you know they are watching us. Somebody's watching you, and it's your children. And those people that you're trying to influence. Okay. The economy. You want to go talk about that now? It's fine. Well, keep going. Well, it's governance that's next. That's where I would go. You don't have that? For the first time, I got better notes than you. Oh, but you don't have all my notes. Governance. This is going <laughs> to sound a little bit like... Um, um, what I said earlier about the original plan and, and blueprint. Governance is, has a lot to do with God's law for believers, the understanding of how we ought to behave. Governance, I wrote, was a framework for decision-making and proper communication that causes proper compliance. The problem with most of us, including our family, when we look back, we had rules and regulations, but they weren't being executed. They weren't being implemented. implemented. And so we have to make sure that when we uh, set our, our, our way forward, that everybody in the house understand how we're about to move. Mm -hmm. We have to put things, uh, make things very clear in how the family will operate. Governance, we don't do that in this house. But don't just stop there. This is why we do not do that in this house. Too many of us, all we say is don't. And that same behavior has carried its way into the church. All of these don'ts, but no why. And that's what I love about the kingdom message, the concepts of the kingdom. It gets behind the tapestry and let me know how the thing was so beautiful on the other side. And so parents, tell them about why they should keep their zippers up. Tell her why that slit in that skirt is too high. You understand? All of these things, it, it matters. I'm not trying to go old school on you, but hey, look at me. It helped me. It was a buckler and a shield of protection. I don't have as much trauma in my life because my, my mother and my father, not only did they tell me about the don'ts, they did tell me some of the time, why not? Mm -hmm. You cannot have the family you desire without talking. You can wish Mom, you can soak that pillow in prayer, but you got to talk to your daughter. After you get up off of your knees or out of that bed from praying, you've got to speak to your son. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? In all you're getting, get understanding. How do you get understanding? We are speaking beings. We are human beings that we speak in order to be heard and understood. And shall, shall we go further? There are things that the head of the household, in my house, this is the head of the household. 
And it is important for him to lay down some things, some tracks, and say, everybody in this house, these tracks have to be walked on. You do not get an out in your family as a husband, as a father, as a mother. Everybody has a role to play. And the thing about it is you have to define those roles. And then you must adhere to your role. Mm. I don't want to make decisions about snow. That's on your job description. Really? But there are times that he might say, uh, hey, I need, because he's, he's got a plan, I can execute his plan about snow. But I don't want snow on my list. I got enough going to bakers and, and, and family fair trying to get groceries, right? That's my role. So anyway, what do you think about that? I'm going to stay out of that one, but uh, <laughs> governance. What's the law in your house? Who communicates that law? Uh, who's responsible? Who are we following? Right? Now, uh, our family operates a little differently than some traditional stuff you hear. Uh, I'm the head of our house, which means I'm the responsible one. If anything goes bad, I did it. Right? But I lead our house sort of like an amoeba works. Whoever knows what to do, that's who we follow. So our governance is because Martin is responsible to God and all the scripture says that. And because I don't want big mistakes in my house. My wife makes a lot of major decisions for our family. Got quiet in the room. Uh, there are just some things I'm dumb at. I'm just ignorant about it. And she knows what to do. How stupid would I be to say, I'm the man. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Uh, so, and my kids know when they need something in that area, they don't come talk to me. They go to their mother. And there are some things they come and talk to me about. It's, it's, it's my world. So we can keep from making lots of decisions by governance. Who's leading this family? Do we go to church? We go to church. If you're not going to tithe in my house, you got to go live with somebody else. These are just the, these are just these are just the rules in in our house. What are yours? Your house needs to be governed so that everybody can align to that government. Also, in this, it's in governance that everyone gets their titles. Who am I in this family? Who are you in your family? Right? Everybody knows who they are because there's governance. Every child knows what their responsibilities are. They know what they represent. They know what their name means. They know what they bring to the table. This is what protects us when we're out. A part of governance in our constitution is our purpose as a family. Is this too much? 
So what is our purpose in our family? What do we do at church? We do the same thing on our block. We do the same thing in the organizations we uh, uh, subscribe to. We do the same things at school. Our family does the same thing all over the world. No matter where we are, even if we're not together, we do the same thing. And I bet if you sat down with your family and looked at everybody and what they do, what they care about, your family has a couple of words that really draw a picture of who you are. So now you'll get to the place that your children are getting ready to leave your house and you're like, hey, behave. Hey, don't forget this. Hey, da-da-da-da-da-da. Instead, all you got to do is ask them one question. Who are you? Who are you? When you ask your children, who are you? I'm a Williams. That's it. That's all I need to know. And when you ask your child or your family that, that that goes beyond the the person standing in front of you. When I when we ask Josh and Callie, who are you? Before that door opened, that was a check. Remember, your grandmother and your grandfather and your great-great-grandmother mm-hmm. and your great-great-grandfather. All of them have paid a price for you to walk out that door and come back in here straight. Mm-hmm. That wherever you are going, we all are going. Whatever you are doing, whatever all you're drinking, whatever you're touching, whatever you're smoking, all we us. all are doing it. The Williams, Could you just remember that, please? The Williams is doing whatever you're doing. It's a, it's a simple statement, but it's strong. Where are you taking me tonight, Callie? Well, don't, you don't ask her like that. <laughs> And that's what I would Hallelujah. say. Don't ask her like that, babe. Don't, don't but, ask but you know, her like that. Now, you just got to ask her in a different way. Yes. You know, we got to listen to me. Let, listen to me, if you will. Somebody's going to get this. When your young adults leave that house, the world is not their family. True. I'm hearing all kinds of foolishness. So you need to be very, very, very straight. And the older they get, though, you, you have got to be even more straighter. No, hold on. Right. What? <laughs> Look at me, babe. Okay, so, so the older they get, you can be straight with them, but you've got to come across as trusting. You, you got to say it in a way that they believe that you believe in them. You are so right. Don't do that. <laughs> don't, you don't have to Callie, don't do now listen to this. Callie, where are you taking me tonight? I want Callie, when that thought hit her head, to hear my voice that... That Something what? down on the inside is saying is what? telling her, I cannot. What? I will okay. not. And here's the other way you do it. Run. No. No. And see, in, in our house, yes. in our house, I don't care about much. I don't. What are we eating? I don't care. What temperature? I don't really care. What? Pay? I don't care. But this kind of stuff is what I care about. So. 
as they grow. Yes. 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 Because they're listening to us. As they grow, you can mature. You can say the same thing in a different way. You can say, I just appreciate that you have protected our family's name. That's ah! <laughs> I appreciate, I appreciate, I have not had to come to the police department. I have never, da 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 da, I have never, and it's because you have honored our name. Yes. I know you're going somewhere tonight, and I'm just so grateful. Yes that you're going to continue to do that. I love you so much and trust you with my life. Yes, that is so good. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Maddie over there. Maddie's like, I don't know, Pastor. But, that don't work. But, listen, I, I totally agree. You okay. know I agree. So they and, get and, both and from us. we complement each other with that because yes. you balance it out. But I do, I, I tend to stay on that straight and narrow road a whole lot. And so I, I, I do appreciate you giving your part. Number four. And, and wait a minute, wait a minute. God cared so much. You know those, those ten things that in the Bible called the Ten Commandments? I was looking at that, and I went back to uh, God's uh, plan for family was also captured in two of the ten. If you look at the fifth commandment, it tells young people to do what? To honor your father and your mother until you're 21. Until you start getting your own money, your own job. You're paying for your own gas. No. That's how serious this was. He told Moses, put this one in the one, one of the ten. And then he went on down, and, and I saw in and this one, I'm, I, I want to say this, in love. How's that? There's a second commandment, the seventh commandment. He was, he was warning us. To stay away from adultery because it protects the sanctity of the family. You went into it because it felt good. Not realizing you jeopardized everything. When that thought hit your head, the slippery slope was present. I see this family thing. God is bent on us as believers, understanding that when the two stand before the church and say, I do, that great cloud of witnesses, we're counting on all of us to keep our vows, to adhere to the governance of the word of God over marriage. It is not okay. It's deep. And when we do not adhere to these two commandments, I think it's, it's the reason we have a chaotic world today. We need people in front of us that are examples, good examples, consistent examples, because somebody is always watching us. And if the church could get these two right, I think we can get our reputation back. I Glory think, to God. I think... I think in, as, a, as a very young pastor, as a very young pastor, I remember in our first two years of pastoring, Pastor Linnell and I got into a discussion at church. 
where we were, we were not agreeing about something. And we didn't have a church building yet, so we were renting places and all that. And a lady uh, came to me, one of our elders at the time, and she was really disappointed that we were having a discussion. And it, it shook her, frightened her, whatever it was. So she, she said to me, I just really don't know if I can be uh, under a pastor that doesn't have his house, and I forget the words, but house under control or whatever it was. So, you know, I heard her first. Then I said, then let me help you. Uh, you need to go ahead and leave because I have no interest in portraying a lie from the pulpit. I'm not doing it for you. I'm not doing it for anybody. My wife is the most important person on the planet. I don't really care about this church like that. I still don't. But if I'm having a discussion with her, I sort of ignore everybody else. Because this right here So that's why we're even doing this today. It's like, oh, babe, let's go. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know. It's difficult for you to look at your 25-year-old daughter and say, girl, you better. They say, like, mom. Difficult for who? Me. <laughs> not for me. It's not for you. So she gets no. both. So number, economy. I know. Economy. Uh, economy. Do you, do you know the world is, is it, it seduces us? The Bible says you're in the world. I mean, guys, he gave us an open book test if you would just open the book. He said, you are in this chaotic, sinful, dark, divisive world. Right. But he said, you're in my family. We don't do that. We don't compromise. Where'd you get that spirit from? Who is your father? All of this is in the book. Who told you? All our problems started with that question. Sure, yeah. Who told you? What if, what if Adam had said, Eve, who are you? Eve, where are you going? Eve. Why you dress like that? All that kind of stuff. My thing is, Pastor Martin, yeah. parents, yeah. adults. What do you say, Josh? <laughs> Josh, what time are you coming back? Give me some indication so I can go to sleep at night. Don't y'all know when y'all out all around town, we can't sleep. Daddy's in there snoring, but mama's a boo 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 Understand? I can't sleep until I hear that door open See? and the door shut and said, alarm is set. Because I know not only do the enemy hate them, I know he hate me. Hallelujah. Here's the point. The, gover the governance of the Williams house. I know. Uh-uh. No, no, no. It's not for their house. Lenny, go to sleep. Mm -mm. No. 
God. Because you're, you're man in this house. Snoring. Snoring. Yes. Because he's given this house over to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He has sent angels with your children. Oh, Lord. And the Bible says. No, don't preach. That no, we no, no, no. Should watch. <laughs> the Bible says let me, we should let me watch and pray. Let me finish. All night long. No. 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 All right, let's move on. Go on. Go on. E either the Williams. Talk about somebody else. No. Either the Williams has a contract with a loving God or we don't. You know. E no. Either we have it or we don't. Because worrying about them after we have taught them everything we've taught them and after we have sent angels with them that worry starts to encroach upon sin. What? Why do you worry about what you will, where you will sleep and what you will eat and what you will have? Where the, your children the, are. The, the pagans are worry. You, are you calling me a pagan? No. Nope. Oh the God. pagans <laughs> worry. I, bang, I don't worry. We don't worry. Worry. It's against our constitution oh for us God. to worry. But we seek first the kingdom. The kingdom of God and its righteousness and protection of my children has to be added to me. Or God is not God, and if he's not God, I'm going to find me a God who is God. <laughs> Economy. What about it? Did you want to say this statement right here? Oh, my. Yes, See, I See, we do. worked on this sermon together, y'all. Listen, listen. And then something happened. Then she happens. went and made her. No, 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 no. No. Okay. We worked on this sermon together, had agreement and everything. I'm looking at her notes. They don't look nothing like <laughs> our combined notes now. I don't know what happened. I'm, I'm telling you, the enemy, I, I won't blame, but I know, I, know back, I know back to basics is, is necessary <laughs> for our way forward. Because we are ignoring a lot of things that we already know. And the Bible says to know to do good, to know to do things. That is not a good place to be. But I made this statement, and it's in bold. Management of the home is the greatest indicator of a man's leadership. If you take care of what's going on at your address, and you're... Uh, Raising up good, wholesome, respectful people from your wife to your children down and sending us out into the world, this world would be a better place. It is an indicator. And I know we're talking about a lot about husband and wife. Whatever your household is made up of, whoever is designated as the head of the house, this too apply to you. 
It is an indication of the level of your leadership. You've got to look us in the face, head of the household, and stand up on your watch and lead us into victories and to also help us navigate around treacherous waters. When you get that feeling, say something. When you have a question, ask and require of us to give you an answer. And that's, that's why men, if you're looking for, I had the, I had the, I had the experience of living in both worlds, a young boy with a mom and dad that at about 10 or so, they were both gone. So I lived with a mom and dad in the house. And then I lived with a sister raising me with all my sisters there. So I sort of understand both worlds, and they are different. People say, no, 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 she can, listen, it's different. But young lady, even, even if you were raised in a house without a dad there, but the longing of your heart is to be in a marriage with a man. I'm going to tell you the kind of guy God's going to send you. And if I don't describe him, you might not recognize him. Because he won't be, you won't be used to seeing him. The kind of guy that's going to be attracted to you is a man who wants governance. He wants to build a nation. He wants to have something to pass on. He wants a woman he can build with. So this thing where people say she doesn't look a certain way, all men are looking for this and men aren't looking for that, forget all that. A lot of stuff you think is important to a man isn't. But a man who's trying to build something, He's just looking for a queen, a girl that can go through something, a girl whose mind can give birth to something big because his visions are big. So what you're going to have to do, I'm sorry I'm throwing this lesson in, but what you're going to have to do, sweetheart, is sort of not necessarily get over your past, right? You, don't, you can't get over it, but you just need to meet your past face to face. This is what I dealt with. This is how I grew up. So when this guy comes, you can be honest with him. That's how I grew up. But tell me about what's in your head. Let him talk to you about what's in his head and in his heart. Because he will, y'all hear what Steve Harvey said the other day? It, it, I just cracked up, but I had to turn it off. I couldn't keep listening to it. Steve, Steve Harvey said the other day, he said, he in front of a big audience, thousands of people. He said, Marjorie, I own you and you own me. And I will kill everybody in this room for you. He said, I'll kill them all. <laughs> Y'all not laughing, are you? I didn't laugh either. I cringed. But what he was saying was, <laughs> I have decided to build my life with you. It doesn't matter to me what happens to you, how you end up looking, 
how much weight you gain, how much weight you lose. For me, it's a decision to build my entire life with you. And I know I went off, but a real man just wants to build a house. That's all he wants to do. And, and a lot of the stuff you think he's looking at, he ain't really looking at that. Now, people in the room say, oh, yes, he was, Pastor. He was looking at it, and he went and found it, and he did stuff with it too. But I'm telling you, <laughs> that's not how it started. It started because there was something he needed you to help him do that you beat him over the head because he couldn't do it. And that's why he came for you to help him do what he couldn't do. Well, I want a man, I want a woman that is such and so and such and so and such and so. That's what I'm looking for. <clears throat> Say this with me. They, they do not exist. And the problem is they did hook up with what they saw. Thus causing a lot of misery. Yeah, because they ain't going to change much. Right. But I want to say, I want to say this, and I, I hope I can say it without you guys thinking I'm the mean person. <laughs> they hooked up, but now they're not. They're good people. Two good people messed up each other's lives for a season. So be careful by allowing what you see to be the first indicator of what you think you want. Um, and I know, I know me and my girls back in the day, we, they would say stuff like, I just don't know. I love God, but I don't, I'm not sure God can pick for me. I'm not sure if God really knows how many muscles I really want and how many lines across the chest and all that foolishness and how tight the backside I really want. Well, women look at that? I, they did. Okay. Uh, but, but see, I had a daddy at home, so I, that was news to me. I, I, I was looking for somebody that could put me in a house because I came out of a house. I didn't want to be living on the streets, and I did not want to go to your mama's house, right? So they would be saying things like this. So listen, when you, when you just off the top of your head go with the moment and get all excited and go down to the courthouse and get married, you be careful that you're not being a problem to another person. I see some beautiful people all over the world, but they messed up because they hooked up too soon. Because they didn't ask questions like, hey, what are the things in your life that you really want to achieve before we say I do? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the things that maybe I wanted to achieve, you weren't with. And now that we're married and I'm trying to do those things, now you're trying to come after me. Is that how you feel? Why do you always try to make it about me and you? Well, you were I'm preaching talking. to me. I didn't know if you were, like, talking to me or something. He, you, you're my prop. We're props. So let's stop talking about me, and I'll stop talking about you. That's we're, the way this works? 
Yeah, we're going to try that, all right? I'll get back let's to you. Let's check on it. No. Oh, man. No, all right, let's move on because yeah. we're not going to have this chance to be with the people. Economy. Uh, economy. It's understanding how money provides generational wealth that affords you a level of shelter, a level of food, health care, education, <laughs> vacation, and also a collective net worth. Sometimes you get married and people think, you know, women like us think, you, you provide the money. So you're looking at me. <laughs> you're the head of the household. Yeah. So that's your responsibility. Mm. I'm going to have my money. Mm -mm. I'm going to have my little job. My little money going to go in my little bucket. And I do what I want to do with that money in that bucket. And matter of fact, you don't even know how much money is in this bucket. Mm -mm. We ain't doing all that. How's your economy in your family? Every family has a GNP. Every family has a gross national product. If I asked you right now, how much is your, what's your family's net worth? Do you have a number? You can't know if you don't know what's in my bucket. Well, yeah, and. We won't have to even get into that. Yeah, we keep, yeah, we keep our money together. It's not that there's not accounts where, but anyway, it's blessed when it's together. When it's separated, I just don't want to be in a family where we don't trust each other with the money. So we had a rule when we we're in poverty. I couldn't spend $25 without talking to Linnell. She couldn't spend $25 without talking to me. We just had to talk to one another. And, and you know, that, that may have seemed really weird, but it just kept us talking about money. It kept us keeping in touch with the checking account. Having a plan for money. Yes, it's, it's, it's just a plan. We have to have that economy. What do we spend our money on? Yeah. What are some things we just don't spend William's money on? We're just not going to spend William's money on that at all. That's, that's our family. How much money do we want to leave for our children? What's the organization of how our money goes together? Checking accounts, wills, trusts. What kind of accounts do you have? Life insurance. Every baby that's born should have a life insurance policy the day they're born. Even if it's just $25,000. Because now you're making that child insurable. We ha you have to run your family like a country. You're your own nation. How do we make money? How do we save money? What institutes do we give to? Even Satan worshipers tithe. Why do Christians fuss about it? What organization are you going to give some money to that's helping children, helping animals? Help, how are you contributing to society in your economy? What credit cards do you use? Do you pay them off every month? I know I'm going deep. But somebody has to sit down. One big deal in your family, some, something happens. You're driving the car and you're praying. You're praying that you don't hit nobody. But you don't have insurance. And one car accident, because you do not have insurance, brings the whole family back to poverty. One, and, and, and this is just me, right? I don't want to trigger anybody. But I told my children, especially my son, I said, son, 
Every girl out there is somebody's daughter. Every girl out there is somebody's daughter. And I'm telling you to your face, if you go out there and have a child with a girl that's somebody's daughter that you have not married, our focus will go to that child. You have put your own inheritance into jeopardy. Right? And then there came a day, I was getting ready to say that to him when he was going somewhere, and that's where I got it from him. He says, Dad, have I ever? I said, oh, oh, he's at that place. I have to talk to him different now. <laughs> no, with love, with love. <laughs> no, no, exactly. I had to go back to, son, I appreciate that you have held this up. Th- that was the day, you know, you'll, your children will tell you. Yes. But it brought comfort to Victor when I told him how you were trained. Welcome to our world, people. Welcome to our... Church is too mechanical. Well, every... See, what what I'm trying to say... Church is too mechanical. Yeah. We are at a place in the church community where we need to sit down and listen to stuff like this. So, so every, every, every family, every family, so every family, every decision made in a family is economical. If I'm faithful or unfaithful to her, they both have economic impact. If you, if you are married and you're worth a million, a divorce takes you, takes the family down to about two, uh, 250,000. If, uh, if one of your children brings children into the family and it's not, it's not a marriage union, it sets the whole family back because now grandma, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it adds lots of complications. So when you're putting your family together, I know this is, this is too much. But we follow, follow the pattern, follow the blueprint. You know, even if you are in a situation, Going back to basics is use the principles you know to try to correct and adjust and self, uh, just, just self-correct. Don't keep doing the same silly things that's going to keep you going down that road. And, and it really starts with being honest. I messed up. Yep. And sometimes the person that messed up can't be the one to fix it up. You're going to have to come to that house called the home and let everybody that is a, a, a valuable person begin to give you input on what they think and get a strategic plan inside that house. If you don't. The, the government is not for the blueprint of the, of the Bible. Right. 
they, they would say, oh, you, you know, you had a child, and you know we're not being insensitive because we have it in our own families. But the government is, is in direct opposite of the word of God. They don't want our single ladies with beautiful children to get married. Why? Because they want to be the sugar daddy. The more children you have, the more money we're going to give you. That's in direct conflict with the word of God. So I said this, the easier we make divorce in America, the quicker we are destroying our society. There are so many hurting people. When will we stop the madness? You are precious, man. You are unique and you're significant, woman of God. You are not what happened to you. Let's get a plan. Let's get a plan, Stan. Let's get a plan, Sally. Let's move on to coping skills. I don't want to leave them right there. Did I mess it up? No, no, you didn't. You, you didn't. Well, no, you, you're just telling the truth. But like I said from the beginning, what we're talking to you about is not, this is not the Bible or a book. We ourselves, we ourselves were in a room years ago with someone thinking about it, trying to figure out how we're going to take care of the kids. This marriage doesn't look like it's going to work. <laughs> Nancy's back at church. Woo! But, uh, <laughs> This was, this was serious. Yes. And in that moment, nope, nobody's cheating, nobody's beating one another, none of that stuff. It was just that this is not working. Right? And just trying to figure out what do we do with our little kids? How do we do this? The, the, the money, we already saw the money, it was over. We're going to have to start over, both of us. Right? But we're telling you about, we're talking to you about, that's when I sit up here and I tell you, that when people knew we were struggling, I didn't give a flip about what they thought about me and my wife. I don't care because I don't. Because if we're going through enough, but if I add what you think of me, that could be the, the straw that breaks the camel's back in our marriage. So I had to keep people out. And at the same time, God was saying, you can't walk away from the church. You got to work through this. So I told the leaders. This is a struggle for us. We don't know how this is going to turn out. But by the grace of God. Yeah. So, so as you have heard us say, and we mean this with everything down to our toenails, God, his will is not for divorce. But God's will. In certain circumstances. Is that he loves every person's. And as you're hearing them echo, there are Absolutely. reasons and there are times it is necessary yes. for that to happen. But let us not be the, that, that be the first option for us when we are having struggles. All right? That's all I was trying to say. Coping skills. I know that was a big all one right. for you, so let's do it. And Coping skills. The ability 
to properly handle or manage negative emotions, panic attacks, hard times, setbacks, health challenges, disappointments. I like this one. Silent hurts, unmet expectations, and even death. Coping skills. If you are living and breathing, you need proper coping skills because somewhere in your life, multiple times, and some of these things are happening um, just like a, a, a buffet in your life. You don't have time to say, I'm just going to be uh, uh, hard times. I'm not just going to be a setback or health. You could be going through a lot of these all at the same time, but you have to have the Holy Spirit with you to help to lead and guide you through these dark times. And it's in these times that people really want to be heard. When you see a family member in your house that's going through one of these, make time to give them your undivided attention. Don't ignore the signs. Have some form of governance in your house where if you're not ready to talk about it now, be able to communicate to the family, yes, yes, I am having a challenge right now, but maybe I don't want to talk about it right now, but I am. And this is what I need from you, Dad. This is what I need from you, brother. This is what I need from you, Auntie. Those kinds of things. Because you need to actually brush up on your coping skills so they don't put you in a tailspin where you spiral down and something else crazy happens in the midst of all that. And that's when good communication is very, very key. Is that it? Okay. Everyone needs to be heard. So the last one is resolve. And just put up the last slide. Uh, Joshua, Joshua talked to his family, but this is really what Joshua was saying. <clears throat> Joshua was saying that give your family a 30% chance to have financial trouble. Give your family a 50% chance to face difficulty. It's going to happen. Give your family a 70% chance to have sickness or disease, struggle physically, a 90% chance to experience issues that every family faces. But give your family a 100% guarantee to survive it all. Survive it all. Survive everything that comes through your house. Stick together. We have a family in here, and I, I, I watch our families in our church all the time, families who go through things because over the, over the 27 years, over the 27 years, whatever our families were doing, I was doing in prayer and seeking God and standing yeah. until there wasn't, there wasn't, enough grace to do that anymore. You know what I mean? Because living and praying for and going to meetings and going to the hospital and going to court and going, it's, it's just a lot. And, and, and finally God said, okay, Martin, this is where you're headed, right? But I can tell you this. If you stand for your family and understand that the power of your generations is built in what you're going through right now in your family. 
So I watch families. Do you know that we have a family in our church where five generations of them come here every Sunday? We have other families where three or four generations come here on Sunday. And what their families go through, you don't know. You don't know what they've survived. You don't know how they have fought to keep their families together. You don't know how they're still fighting to keep their families together. And some things people in the pew know about other families, they don't talk about it either because it's nobody's business. All of us are dealing with something. And we have to be a church. We have to be a house where people can go through what they're going through and still know that God loves them. And that he cares, that he's standing with them. So I'm blessed, and I'll say it like this. I'm blessed to be married to Linnell. I'm blessed to have Joshua and Callie in my life. Blessed to have Vanessa. Callie's husband eventually is on his way. Their children are coming. Before I go home to be with the Lord, I'll see my great-grandchildren. That's the vision. Right? But I'm a man sitting in this chair. And I'll fight whatever demon or person comes between me and what I envisioned. And that should be your position. Absolutely. Whatever the makeup of your family, your house, your home is, you add value to that. Don't be looking at the white fence. Look at the fence you have, the one you have provided, what you have accomplished together. This holiday season to the first of the year, take inventory of all the good that you've established in your family. Wives, if your husbands have been faithful, thank them for that. It was a choice. Husbands, if your wives have been respectful and supportive, find a way to say thank you, to acknowledge that. It's a choice. As Pastor was saying, for parents like me, that if we're going to provoke our children, let us lather it in love and appreciation. But above it all, Let's do something to sure up our homes, to shelter ourselves from the cold of society and the challenges and the sicknesses and the diseases, the deaths. Let us do that together, that we not walk alone. So it has been a privilege to share what little we've shared with you today in hopes that you will find the urgency to go back to the basics in order to move forward. 
to rebuild again the most important gift that you have on this earth, and that is family. I, I mean, we may not have this chance for, for a while, so, so this is what I want to do. And thank you so much for your patience, uh, for allowing us to finish. Uh, for the last few months, the, the dreams I've been having reminds me of a long time ago, Marvin, before, before your daughters. There was a time when I was waking up at night and I kept hearing babies crying and I kept hearing wedding bells. And uh, I came and told the church, said, you know, I keep hearing these wedding bells and these babies crying. And I told the church, I said, I think in the next 12 months, we're going to have at least 12 children and we're going to have at least 10 marriages. Well, that year, I think we had about seven marriages, but there were 24 babies born. I'm hearing that again. I hear the wedding bells. I hear children crying. But there's in this gap, and I'm going to dismiss the ones who don't need to stay, but the ones who need to stay, I'm asking you to give us five to ten more minutes. There's a gap we have to take care of. There are weddings coming and there are babies coming. But we need to pray for your soul. There's trauma in this room. That trauma is going to keep the weddings from happening. It's going to keep the babies from coming. So we have to pray for you. We need to ask God to release you. We need to ask God to prepare you for this. Listen, listen, and if that's you, give us a chance to pray with you concerning this. Is that okay? So, so, so we're going to pray for you. We're going to dismiss you, and we're going to ask you for just about 20 seconds for those who want to receive prayer to come to the altar. Is that all right? And if you would okay. honor during this time, if you're uh, not going to remain here for that reason, if you would you know, quickly, um, you know, just exit and allow us to incubate this time. Amen. What we're getting ready to do is no one's business, right? But this is our church family and the joys and sorrows we experience together. So... I just pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that his face would shine upon you, that he would be gracious unto you, that the Lord would fight your battles and walk with you and your families through whatever is going on in your life. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray for you. In the name of the King, the Mashiach HaMashiach, the King of all the earth and all the world, we bless you and your family. In Jesus' name.